Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television and podcasts. Visit leebevington.com.au Radio, the transmission and reception of electromagnetic waves on radio frequency, especially those carrying sound messages, or the activity or industry of broadcasting sound programs to the public. Fanboy. A male fan, especially one who behaves in an obsessive or overexcited way. This is the Radio Fanboy Podcast, and here's your host, Bevo. Here we are, back in Australia's largest market, Sydney, and we're talking to a lady who has been very well known on Australian television. She's a news presenter, radio host, and journalist, currently on 2GB. Let's welcome Deborah Knight to the Radio Fanboy Podcast. Hello, Deb. How are you? Hey Lee, good to talk to you. Likewise, so good to have you on the uh, podcast to talk about your incredible career, which is still going after all these years, not only on radio, but also television, amongst many other commitments that you have. How's life on 2GB? Yeah, it's great. I'm actually loving it. I started out my career after graduating at uni um, with a Bachelor of Arts and specialising in broadcast journalism and radio was my first ever job in, you know, legitimate career job at um, 2WG in Wagga Wagga. So it's really great to sort of come full circle really and be back with um with the radio again with gb and i'm just loving it and i've always been sort of pretty active doing radio while i've been doing my tv stuff as well i filled in pretty regularly on gb and even back on 2e and on abc radio so i always sort of kept my hand in with the radio skills and and now i'm sort of doing it as my main gig at the moment which is just fantastic not only are you doing that but you're also a, a mum as well you do the school pickups and everything it's, it's incredible <laughs> Yeah, it's a juggle. Everyone's got their various juggles with life. But, um, you know, the the hours that I'm doing at the moment with the afternoon show, which is sort of on air 12 to 3, is um, is pretty great, actually. So it's working It's working well. I've found a bit of a sweet spot at the moment, which I'm, I'm quite happy to be in. A life-work balance. Who would have thought that's possible in the media? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Unheard of. Unheard of. I better, not, I better not jinx it. We won't just dwell on that no. for too long. You, uh, you did your uh, journalism degree at... Uh, Charles Sturt University in Bathurst all those years ago. Did you have anyone in your class that also had some success with journalism that you know of? Yeah, look, I had a pretty um, a pretty accomplished year, actually. Jess Rowe was in a couple of classes. She was sort of a year above me, but we had a few shared classes, Jessica Rowe, um, uh, who else did we have? We had sort of a bunch of people. Tim Latham, who's now the EP of um, Media Watch, was um, in my year. And we, we sort of had a diverse group of people because we were doing broadcast journalism. We could specialise in broadcast print or in PR, public relations. And, yeah, it was just a, a good gang, a good group of people, and everyone was there from somewhere else, the bulk of people. So it was a really fun social, um, you know, I, I went there from Coffs Harbour, actually, from Bathurst, which was a, a shock to the system dealing with winters in Bathurst after growing up in Coffs Harbour. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time at, at uni in Bathurst. It was really great. I saw on your socials you recently went back to uh, Coffs Harbour, didn't you? I did, yeah. I had my high school reunion, my 31-year high school reunion. Oh, look out. 
which was, um, you know, I think there's a lot of 31-year and 22nd birthday and 19th birthdays this year with COVID. People are sort of doing it a year late. But, um, yeah, it was a great place to grow up. Really, really excellent being in a, a regional town, a regional centre, which is what it was when I was there. And it was a real melting pot of different groups of people and, um, yeah, a, a fabulous place to, to be as a kid growing up. But, you know, I was one of those kids who kind of left pretty much straight away because uni wasn't an option in Coffs. It is now, but it wasn't when I was there. But, uh, yeah, it was a really great place to be as a kid. You did mention that you uh, started your media career in radio to WG in Wagga Wagga. What was that like? You've got to say that with a bit more reverb, actually. It's <laughs> to WG. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was so good. And Wagga is a real centre for, or was, you know, in with with TV. There was, you know, a couple of, Win and Prime were in Wagga. The local radio station was there, a, a really flourishing newspaper as well. So for an up-and-coming journo, which is, uh, you know, my advice always is for up-and-coming journos, when there was a flourishing regional media scene, which sadly isn't quite the case anymore, but it's a great place to learn your trade and to apply your trade. And I learned a hell of a lot. I was only there for a year, but, you know, I was covering the whole beat from local courts to local police to local council and, you know, doing all of the reporting, doing all of the presenting, you know, everything. And it was a really great way to learn. And when you, you know, a, a couple of times I got a sto- one of my stories on the National Bulletin and it was like, wow, I've made yeah. it. I've got it onto the National Bulletin. And it was a really good good way to aim and, and to keep striving and to keep pushing. Yeah, you weren't, weren't in uh, Wagga Wagga for too long because you ended up uh, going across to Mix uh, 106.5 in Sydney. I did, yeah. So um, most of my friends from uni kind of went straight to Sydney and I actually got offered a gig at ABC Radio, but I um, I just wanted to to work in, in you know, the gig that I had offered was, was a really good one, so in Wagga. So I went to Wagga and then got a, got a um, there was a job going at 2W, at um, Mix 106.5, a news reading gig and so that got me back to Sydney and I had a boyfriend in Sydney at the time. So yes, you know, we were, we were meeting at the time in Canberra, but it was, um, it was a bit of a, a hard slog to meet every weekend, every now and then. So yeah, I, I was drawn back to Sydney and, uh, and Mix 106.5 was where I ended up. Who was on air at that time? Do you know what? I can't even remember because I was in the newsroom. So oh, I was right. sort of, I was, you know, working with, you know, in, in that news setting. And it was only for about four or five months that I was there. It wasn't long at all. And so, and then I went to um, ABC Radio doing the Rural Reporter. So oh, it was right. a very, a very big shift. But I was, in, yeah, went straight to Neutral Bay when Mix, one, Mix was there. And I was, it was a very short stint, but it was it was when everyone would wear the kind of bomber jackets with the leather on the elbows when ratings would come in, and it was it was a real eye opener because it was so competitive and and yeah, a very short stint in um, in commercial two in commercial mix one at six point five, but it was really enjoyable. What was the uh, the transition like from commercial to the ABC? Did you have to change the way you did things? Well, not really, because I'd I'd sort of only been at that Sydney, at, you know, for three or four months. So it was only a short stint, but I kind of 
went straight into rural reporting, which to me was, you know, I grew up in Coffs Harbour in a regional centre, but it was sort of not a bush setting at all. It was, you know, by the coast, the surfer girl sort of scene. Um, but the as a rural reporter, it was it was actually really wonderful because it was sort of diving into all sorts of issues to do with, you know, regional areas and, and farming areas and it was the National Rural News and I worked with some great people in ABC Radio and, yeah, it, it was, again, reporting as well as presenting and and sort of gathering and this was back in the days when we were working from reel to reel and using oh, razor yes. to cut tape and, you know, it was very practical, very hands-on and I really loved it. It was great. How were the fingers? Did they uh, get a couple of cuts over the years? Oh, yes, but I've still got my little pencil case with my kit from, oh, from the editing days. <laughs> yeah, and you'd carry the massive recording equipment along to do interviews. It was a far cry from the digital world that we live in today. But, yeah, it was, a, again, a really great way to sort of learn more skills and to, and to sort of become more of a reporter um, rather than just a, a, a reader, as it were. So that was what it was, um, a, a really great, great way to adapt. So how was it that you ended up uh, getting into television from radio? Well, I worked in rural radio for a year or so, and I ended up, um, there was a job going for Landline for ABC TV. And at that time, you know, and still today, the ABC is a great way that you can actually work across so many different programs and so many different areas within that organisation. So, yeah, I applied and, and got the job as the presenter and reporter for Landline. And so that then got me moving to Brisbane, which was where Landline is based for the ABC. And, um, yeah, so I headed headed north and headed up to Brisbane to do that. And that was my first foray into TV. And Landline is just such a beloved show. And, you know, you're welcomed with open arms into the homes of the people that you're doing the stories on. And it, you're working with the the real pinnacle of the industry because so many of the camera operators and sound operators are former for, former foreign correspondents and they d are just so good at their job and so it was a really great great way to get an entree into doing TV. Was it 10 years at 5? Was that your first gig with Channel 10? Well, no, I then went to the press gallery for 10 and worked with Paul Bongiorno. He was the the uh, head honcho in the press gallery for the 10 network. So I went from Brisbane to the press gallery working for 10 and was there for sort of, I was, I covered about two elections. So I guess it was four or five years. And, um, and it was during that time that I was with John Howard, the then prime minister and traveled to the U S when September 11 happened. And then that sort of led to another whole whole um, avenue that I went down as a foreign correspondent for Channel 10 because the, the gig came out came up for the reporter based in LA as the um, as the 10 correspondent and so it sort of fell into place that I'd been in Washington when September 11 happened and then and then the job came up so it was a really formative time globally and from a reporter's point of view it's one of those stories that will always stay with me covering and then to see the u.s change and the world change so much in the wake of that terrorist attack it was quite an extraordinary time to be based in it in la but 
it was a lot of fun too because you know you cover everything as the US correspondent you do one of the first jobs was covering the you know the award season doing the Golden Globes and the Oscars and and so you're on the red carpet one minute to covering hurricanes the next to covering you know George W Bush as you know in in the in the White House to covering the David Hicks trial at Guantanamo Bay it was just such a range of stories and uh, yeah it was a really exciting time to be in the US and a really really fascinating time to see the way that the, the world changed absolutely this uh, a few people I've spoken to that uh, remember September 11 and how it changed their careers and their view on the world and um, it's I mean as tragic as it is it, it must be a, a bit of a career highlight for you being being there at that time yeah well it's one of those moments that it was I guess a from a professional point of view you don't sort of get many stories that are bigger than that and that was you know to be I was a very very green reporter was one of my first stints overseas reporting with the press gallery and so the learning curve was very steep but yeah it was you know an incredible time to be to be there working as a reporter and obviously a very tragic time but it was um yeah it was it was great to to be there front and center and it led to you know, the next phase in my career, really. Which was, of course, being on uh, Network 10's uh, 10 News at 5. Yeah, so then then the US stint kind of came to an end. It was after about four, three or four years. And then I came back to Sydney to then front the 10 News at 5 with Ronnie Wilson, who was my partner in crime. Yes, we spoke to him years. last week on the podcast. Yes, yeah. So Ronnie was, um, was wonderful to work side by side with. And Tim Bailey was doing the weather at the time. It was really, really great. And I'd filled in during that entire time pretty much I'd come home for summers come home over the the Christmas period and fill in on on the 10 news so I'd presented the uh, the 5pm bulletin pretty regularly and I'd also done meet the press hosted meet the press so I'd worked across the range of 10 shows and yeah it was just a, a really good time and I'd also my husband he was my boyfriend at the time over in the US but we came back and we got married and we wanted to start a family so it was a quite good timing to end up not being an on the road reporter but to have a a hosting gig, a presenting gig, and it worked out quite well with where I was at in my personal life as well. Oh, that's so good to hear that you're uh, marrying the two in the uh, the one place there in uh, living life. Um, not long after that, uh, you, you came across to Nine, uh, replacing Alicia Gorey. That well, yes, that was right. It was um, it was sort of a, a pretty long stint at Ten, and then um, I sort of was at a bit of a crossroads, and and the the job offer came up for Nine to take over as the weekend today newsreader, and also sort of hosting uh, on the weekday today show newsreading role as well. And so, yeah, so I took the, the leap across to the Nine Network and that was, um, that was 10 years ago, in fact. It's, wow. it's 10 years this year that I, that I went across to Nine and, again, that opened a, a sort of range of doors from working on the Today Show to working on 
Financial Review Sunday, which was I was hosting sort of specialist business show that we did for a couple of years, to working on the daytime news and the 6pm news. I sort of, I think I've pretty much done everything apart from hosting sport, which would be quite humorous because I, I know bugger all about sport. <laughs> but um, Do you play any you sport know, yourself, Deb? Yeah, yeah. But I, pr- I sort of pride myself on my versatility, I suppose, which is what I've I've managed to achieve from a from a professional point of view, both at ten and at and at nine over the years, just ensuring that I I act as a reporter and a, and as a host and and work across various programs because it keeps it keeps it interesting, and it just shows that you're able to to be versatile. So how did you end up uh, back in on radio again for Two GB? Well, I so I, I ended up doing the uh, hosting the Today Show yeah. with Georgie Gardner for a year, and and then that came to an end. And then GB wanted to sort of mix things up a little, and and so they wanted to get more um, more of a, a range of hosts too on the on the network. So I was enlisted. I'd been the regular fill in on GB for years. Oh, so right, whenever yeah. whenever Chris Smith had been away or whenever, um, you know, any of the main daytime hosts were away, they often called on me to fill in. So I was a, a familiar voice to the network and I was also working at the time filling in on ABC radio. So I, um, yeah, the the gig came up, the offer came up, and so I I leapt at it because it's it's a pretty pretty rare opportunity, and it's I'm one of the sort of first female voices to be on the daytime lineup on on GB in that Sydney market, which is um, which is a real thrill, and it's yeah, it's it's a great place to be and to have your own show, you know, three hours of live radio with you and flying without a safety net, no other host to kind of fall back on and just to sort of share your views, share your opinions and to interact with the listeners. It's it's a high wire act, but it's um it's one of the best gigs. You must have uh, upset a few people or you, you got people talking about Kyle Sanderland. You had a swipe at him not that long ago. Well, it was just – it was less of a swipe at Kyle. It was more just – I guess for all of us to really have a think about the stuff that we do put to air because, you know, we're in an era now where you've just got to be a bit mindful of what you broadcast and, you know, we've got dump buttons for reasons and I just think, you know, they they fly by the seat of their pants and that's that's what they do on their show and they do it so very well, you know, they the ratings juggernaut that they are, the Colin Jackio show. But I just think when you've got, competitions when people are perhaps abusive towards partners airing that stuff is not what you need to do in in 2021 so you know it's their show they can they can run their own race but from my point of view i just think you know as a broadcaster i just need to be i I just think it's it's worth us being a bit more cautious about perhaps what we do put to air if, if people are being abusive towards their female partners which is what was happening with that particular segment i just think it's probably not on for for the current era to be putting that to air Deborah Knight, you're always keeping things classy. <laughs> I try. I don't know if I achieve it all the time, but anyway, we'll give them my best shot. Thanks for joining us on the Radio Fanboy Podcast, Deb. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Like the Radio Fanboy Podcast? Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or visit leebevington.com.au. Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television, and podcasts.